Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. No matter how much you acquire, there will always be something you do not have. And if you waste your life pining after those things, you will waste away your existence and never really have the time to enjoy what you do have. The only way that you and I get beyond the sun is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is through the power of God. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I was launched beyond the sun. Amen. This morning we're going to be taking a look at um, Ecclesiastes chapter 6. And... uh, if, uh, if you have read the book of Ecclesiastes before, then you know how it's a very frustrating and sobering look at life. Um, and I've said this before, if you're ever having one of those like, God, I need a scripture moments, and you just close your eyes and flip through your Bible and, and just you land on... Ecclesiastes, I say close your book and you try it again. <laughs> try it again. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon, uh, we find him observing uh, what life is like under the sun. Everybody say under the sun. Under the sun. And his observations are a bit frustrating because he's, he's literally going to say this. No matter what you pursue, no matter what you do, no matter the status you achieve, whatever happens to you under the sun all adds up to this vanity. That's what he says, vanity. And I just want to talk to us this morning on on this title, Beyond the Sun. Beyond the Sun. Vanity, the word vanity means, it means empty. It means pointless. It means meaningless. And it doesn't matter in this life whether you go the route of uh, humanitarian aid, if you want to go that route, if you go the route of wealth and status and success. When it's all said and done, our lives are meaningless and vain under the sun. That's what Solomon would tell you. Chapter 3 says this, hey, God has placed these ingredients in life. He has, given, he has given these things in life like mourning and sorrow and joy and laughter, a time to reap and a time to sow, a time to be born and a time to die. And all of these things in life are placed in our hearts so that our hearts might search for eternity. So that our hearts might search, might long for something that is beyond the sun. And so we're going to be picking up in chapter 6 and and Solomon is going to continue in his observation of life under the sun and he's going to say this. He's going to say, there is no satisfaction in your riches. There is no satisfaction in your work. And this is just the way that life is under the sun. That's just the way that the cookie crumbles. Promising intro, right? Who's encouraged? 
<laughs> Are you all ready for this? Okay, thank you. Um, we're going to try to make it through the whole chapter today, and before you lean over to your neighbor and say, the whole chapter, just relax. It's 12 verses, okay? It's 12 verses. Let me give you a heads up. These 12 verses are very, very bleak. I was laughing upstairs with Brother Rice. I said on social media last night, I threw out a sermon teaser, hey, we'll be in Ecclesiastes 6 tomorrow, and I said, I'm guessing everybody here today did not read Ecclesiastes 6, because if you did, you might have just said, you know what, I'm calling in sick today, <laughs> not showing up. It can be very, very bleak, very, very heavy. So here we go. It says this in verse 1, it says, there is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. Here's what he's saying. He said, as I, am, as I am observing life under the sun, it's important to remember here, he's looking at life under the sun. We must remember this today. He said, I am seeing an evil that presses against humanity. It is an evil that every one of us faces, and it's prevalent among all of the human race. And in verse 2, he says this, a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity, and it is an evil disease. Here's the evil. The evil is this, God has given us wealth, God has given us possessions, God has given us riches, power, honor, yet if you and I do not have the ability to enjoy those things, which God he has not given people the ability to enjoy those things under the sun, he said, is an evil disease. If we aren't able to figure it out and enjoy it's an evil disease. For you and me to have things to enjoy but not be able to enjoy them, Solomon is saying this is like a sickness that has spread out through all of humanity, that you and I have been gifted with good and honorable things, yet we can find no satisfaction. We can find no lasting joy, no richness, no depth in these things under the sun. And he's going to use an analogy and a comparison in verses 3 through 6 to demonstrate his point. And I just want to tell you, when I, when I first read these verses of Scripture, it was almost like somebody had just punched me right in the stomach. Because what he's going to compare this to is just a tragedy that all of us are all too familiar with. Look at verse 3. He says this, If a man beget a hundred children and live many years, so that the days of his years be many and his soul be not filled with good. Let me just point this out this morning. There is something very cultural that, that he is dealing with here, something very cultural that is going on. You see, for the Hebrew, if you have been given longevity in life, it's a sign of God's blessing. So he says this, he says, this man has been given many, many years, 
Also for the Hebrew, if you have been given multiple children, it is also a sign of God's blessing. Shout out to the minivan parents in there this morning, all right? Okay, it's a sign of God's blessing. So Solomon is saying here, he said, hey, let's just, let's just make up a situation. Let's say you have 100 kids. Let's say you live 100 years. But if you do not possess the ability to enjoy life's good things, look at what he says. I say that an untimely birth is better than he. And to me, that's just kind of sobering. You know, I read that, and I was looking for a way to just kind of jump around that text, to kind of dance around the reality of miscarriage and stillborn being part of this text. And I'm sure many of you, like I, know many people who have suffered through this tragedy And it is absolutely gut-wrenching to have a child and that child not be carried to term is a tragedy that is absolutely gut-wrenching, not only to the father, but especially on the mother. And so I was looking at this in preparation for today, and I was looking for a way to just kind of bounce around this text and, and not deal with it because it's so close to home, especially for those who have suffered through it. But to dance around this text is to miss the very point that Solomon is making. He says this, it is more tragic for someone to be given life and possessions and honor and riches and not enjoy life's good things than the tragedy of miscarriage. You see, for Solomon, he recognizes that both of those things are tragic. He's just saying that it is more tragic for life to be granted and this person not enjoy the good things in life than it is for a baby to come to term. Can you feel the emphasis that he is putting there? Can you feel it? You see, for all of us, we are on this side of life. We are all on this side of life where we have been given opportunity to enjoy it. And he's saying this, if your life is not marked by the enjoyment of life's good things, then it is better off that you weren't even born at all. And he's going to tell us why in verse 4. He says this, for he cometh in with vanity and departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he not, hath he seen no good. Do not all go to one place. So he says this, forget the long life. He says, take 2,000 years of life. If you have been given 2,000 years to enjoy life, and, and if you've been given hundreds and hundreds of children, it amounts to nothing. And the reason it's better not to be born is because that little baby did not suffer through the frustration and the meaninglessness of life as we know it under the sun. He says, there is more rest 
for that one than there is for the man or the woman who has been granted life but can't seem to figure it out, can't find satisfaction, can't find the ability to enjoy life's good things. He says this little baby's in a better place. He has more rest than this soul that can't find rest under the sun. So his first point is this. There is no satisfaction in your riches, in your honor, in your possessions under the sun. Have you ever, have you ever met those back in my day, guys? Or gals? You ever met those? Are you one of those? Let's get real. Let's get real. We're going to talk about it in this church. (laughs) You know, people who just try to live in the past. um, I'm talking about people that still love to wear their Letterman jacket to a Friday night high school game five years after graduation. I'm talking about that person. Okay? That's just not okay. It's just not okay. And I know it's, it's fun to reminisce. It's fun to get in conversations and, and, and talk, about, talk about the past. But, you know, some people start sounding like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite for a second. You know, back in my day, I could throw a pigskin a quarter mile. You know, they, back in 80, coach would have put me in. We'd have won state. No doubt in my mind. You know what I'm talking about. Let me ask you something. If, if, if that was all your life was about, it would be kind of lame, right? <laughs> it would be lame, right? Because if all you do is hang on to that one game back in 86... When you made this incredible play and the team high-fived you and the coach and was all there and you received all this recognition, but no one really cares about it anymore. How terribly lame and how terribly disappointing is that if that is all your life is about? You see, there are people that hold on to those moments and they build their whole lives around things like that. And when they get in conversations about the past, they never want it to end. You know why? Because this is the only, that they have nothing else going on for them. There is nothing else. And that is exactly what Solomon is saying. If you don't get beyond the sun, there is nothing that matters in life. If you are stuck below the sun, all of your honor, all of your riches, all of your possessions amount uh, to absolutely nothing. He said it is meaningless. It is vanity, and it just doesn't matter. Everybody okay? Okay. He goes on in verse 7. And he says this, and by the way, if you think this morning like, well, I've got a great job and I'm helping out people and I'm building up the community and I've got, I'm making a bunch of money, Solomon's going to say, if you're stuck underneath the sun, your job amounts to nothing. Verse 7, look at this. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. 
Here's what he's saying. Essentially, when you boil it down, whether you are a high-profile CEO of a Fortune 500 company or you are a part-time worker at McDonald's, you essentially do what? Work for food. You work for food. You work to eat. And you're going to leave here this morning. You and I are going to leave here this morning. You might go to some great, awesome restaurant. We have so many in Sparta. And, and, and maybe you have something in the crock pot already as, I, as I'm speaking. More than likely, you will leave this place today, go eat. And guess what? Tomorrow morning, you will wake up and what? Still be hungry. You'll still be hungry. And then you're going to go to work. And you're just going to get hungry. And you're going to have to eat again. And it doesn't matter who you are. You are just essentially eating food and you're just going to get hungry again. And I, I think about my, my life when I was back at college and, and I had a part-time job making little money and I, I lived off of Taco Bell. I, I, one of my friends one time spent $12 at Taco Bell. I have no idea how that's even possible. I think he ate on it for a week. $12. Didn't make a whole lot of money back then, but I never missed a meal. I ate food. It wasn't great, but I ate something. And today, even though I have a job that I make a little more money than I did then, I, 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 essentially, all I do is I work and I eat food. I mean, that's the reality of life, right? I know, this is all basic stuff this morning. We eat, we work, we work, we eat. It doesn't matter. It's toil and it's labor and it's meaningless. I don't care if your company is one that really gives back to the community and you're going to restore community. Solomon is going to say, in the end, it doesn't matter under the sun. It doesn't matter. All you're really doing is putting food in your mouth. You're just going to be hungry later. There is no satisfaction. And some of you are thinking, ah, I won't work. Stop trying to find a loophole. But just in case you did think that you found a loophole, Solomon, you know, you think, oh, I'm just not going to work. I'm just going to study. I'm just going to get really brilliant. I'm going to get really smart, and, and, I, and I won't have to work, and, and I'll have other people work for me. Solomon's going to say this in verse 8. For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? And what does the poor man have who knows how to conduct himself before the living? He's saying this. If you're really smart, ultimately, you have no advantage over the one who's really dumb. That's what he's saying, okay? If you have and gain wisdom, you have no advantage over the fool. If you have the ability to skillfully navigate through life, although poor, and work your way through life with skillful navigation or skillful living, he's going to say this to you. In the end, it doesn't really matter. You have no advantage over the other. Everyone under the sun is on equal playing field of meaningless and vanity. Who's encouraged? Music. No, I'm this kid. It's like, it's like he's done, really. I just want you to feel the gravity of the picture that Solomon is painting over our lives this morning. He's going to say this in verse 9. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. He's saying this. 
Enjoy the things you have instead of longing for the things you don't have. This world is in a constant pursuit. You know what the pursuit is? More stuff. More stuff, more stuff, gotta have more stuff, gotta have more. The constant pursuit of more stuff, he's saying, is like chasing the wind. You know what that is? It can't be caught. No matter how much you acquire, there will always be something you do not have. And if you waste your life pining after those things, you will waste away your existence and never really have the time to enjoy what you do have. It is better, he's saying, it is better for you to enjoy the little that you have than it is for you to dream big about something that will never, ever ever satisfy you now the reality of that statement is that is the reality here's the deal you can hate this truth you can rail against this truth you can say bryce that ain't even true but here's the deal you can't do anything to change it you can't you see, you might be thinking to yourself, you know what? I totally disagree. I've got a great job and I love it. I feel like I'm doing great things for people. Or you might be saying to yourself, you know what? Honestly, I'm rich. I got money and I like, I, I like it. I'm having a good time in life. But Solomon's going to say, before you start down this path, just for a moment, would you have the courage to look at your life and see if you might not just be on a treadmill? To see if you might not just be running in place. Would you have the courage today to look at your life honestly? He's going to say, and just for a moment, just stop and look, because if you're on a treadmill, it, be, it can begin to lull you to sleep, and, and you have, it's, it's, it's possible that you can forget that you're even on a machine, and you're just going, going, going nowhere. Nowhere. If you've ever been to a gym, you walk in and you see 15 treadmills that are lined up right there in the window, and you see all of the televisions right above it. You can plug into sports and news and listen to music on your phone, or if you're really in shape, you can talk to somebody right next to you, <laughs> if you have the breath to do it. <laughs> and all of those things simply serve as what? Distractions. So that you will not remember <laughs> that you're on a treadmill. There's nothing worse than running on a treadmill. You can hate me for that statement or not, but there is nothing worse than running on a treadmill. And so, we do all these things to help us forget. To help us forget what? Man, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm just running in place. So what do we do? We look out the window. We, we, we look up at the TV. We, we listen to some music. Or we distract ourselves in a thousand different ways so we aren't faced with the brutal reality that we're just running in place. And if you have this, if you have this morning, the courage to look at your life 
that so long as you're stuck under the sun, Solomon is going to say this, you are on a treadmill of meaninglessness. You are not going anywhere. You, my friend, have become the hamster on the wheel. This is what life under the sun looks like. And he says this in verse 10. Whatever has come to be has already been named. I love that. He's saying this. God is the creator and the sustainer of every person. He has ordained our circumstances. And the reason that you and I cannot do a thing about it is explained in the second half of the verse. He says, and it is known what man is and that he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he. You see, you can hate it. You can fight it. You can rail against it. You can say it ain't so, but there's nothing you can do to change it. It is what it is. And the reason that you and I can't change it is because God has decreed it. And you know what? He is stronger than you and I. And then he's going to go on and say, and listen, if you leave her this morning and if we go to, if we go to the restaurant and we talk amongst ourselves and go, man, this is really dumb. I don't really get this. This isn't the way that, this isn't the way that he is. I'm going to figure out what, I'm going to figure out what meaning really is. I'm going to figure out what the meaning of life is about and, and, and say, and say, and I'm going to come to the understanding. No, there really is something to this life under the sun. There is significance here. There is meaning. This isn't true. I'm going to pretend. Look at verse 11. He's going to say this seeing there be many things that increase vanity what is man the better you can talk about it you can write about it you can rail against it this reality of life but the fact of the matter is church you can't change it and the more you try to argue and dispute against it only adds to the emptiness of life and so and so he's going to end these verses this way for who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life which he passes like a shadow for who can tell man what will be uh, him? Uh, what will be after him under the sun? He's asking here. I love this. He's asking some really good questions. And Solomon is saying this: So long as you and I are stuck under the sun, life is pointless. Life is meaningless. So long as we are stuck under the sun, there is no purpose. There is no meaning. There is no satisfaction. There is no joy. And I just hope and pray this morning that you are catching the picture of the bleakness of of life under the sun so solomon is saying here you and i we have to get beyond the sun in order to find anything that is refreshing or meaningful or satisfying about life you and i have to get our eyes fixed on a city that is beyond the one that we see right here we have to get to the place where our life is lived above the sun beyond the sun, the place where there is satisfaction, Brother Hogan, where a place where there is meaningfulness, there is purpose. And so how do we do that? How do we get beyond the sun, Bryce? I believe the first thing that we should ever do, the first thing in our attempt to live that life is we have to traverse, we have to locate the sun. 
We have to try to figure out whether we are stuck under it or if we are beyond it. We have to locate where the sun is. And you know what? It takes a lot of courage to just say, you know what? I am stuck under the sun. Everything that he's talking about this morning is true. That is where I am. I am stuck in that life that he's talking about. Amen. There might be some, but I believe that there's some here today that your life is beyond the sun. And let me tell you how that happens. The only way that you and I get beyond the sun is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is through the power of God. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't have a church background. I wasn't raised in the fundamentals of the faith. Truth be told, I come from a broken home. That's not to say that I had terrible parents. I just had parents that didn't have God in their life. And according to statistics, I'm supposed to be a nobody. I should have been a high school dropout. I should be a deadbeat father. No way should I be coming up on 10 years of marriage. That's what the statistics will tell me. But somehow, God, through his grace and his mercy, he found me. He gave me forgiveness. He gave me righteousness. He gave me meaning. He gave me purpose. He gave me significance and the opportunity to enjoy life. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I was launched beyond the sun. My eyes are no longer fixed on just the here and now, but I have my eyes fixed on that which is eternal, my friend. My eyes have become fixed on a city where the Lamb is the light. This world is not my home. We are just a passing through. How many know that our treasures should be laid up well beyond the blue? And that is a life that is lived beyond the sun. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord today? And it's all because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have never responded to his invitation, his call, his call is to whomsoever will. My friend, if you have not responded, you are stuck below the sun. And can I tell you today, there is no hope down here. But if you would respond to Him, God in His mercy will not only redeem you, restore you, reconcile you, He will then launch you beyond the sun so that your life takes on new shape, so that your life takes on new meaning and new purpose. God has done some wild things in my life. He has done some wild things. I look right over here to my right. I see my dad, my stepmom, and my grandma. And they're here. And you know what? They're not here because they wanted to come hear me preach. That's part of it. You know why they're here? They're here because they're a part of this church. They've all been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with His Spirit. 
God has, he has just brought this whole thing just full circle my life. It's just been unbelievable. And I see, as I look back now, I see his hand woven all through it. God has done some crazy, crazy stuff like that. But now that, but now that I'm beyond the sun, I can see the meaning of it all. I can see the reason. I can find the purpose. I can see the significance. Before it was just hopelessness. But because of the gospel, God has brought faith full circle and his grace has given me a completely new identity you see a life lived beyond the sun now has purpose it has meaning and it has satisfaction somebody said amen to that I imagine in here this morning that many of you have similar stories Maybe not of lifestyle, but of death to life, which to me is absolutely miraculous. Do you realize that salvation always is always a death to life process? Do you realize that? Salvation is always a death to life process. And there's always resurrection and salvation. So here's, my, here's what I tell you. I, it doesn't matter if you are a goody two-shoe raised up in your whole life and, you, and then you get saved. It is absolutely miraculous. No less miraculous than the guy who went from gutter to glory. It is absolutely dumbfounding to me that God would save any of us. It is dumbfounding that he would bring us from death to life. And so if you sit in here this morning, those of you who have been launched beyond the sun because of the gospel message, and you find yourself reading this text and hearing these words, and you find yourself saying this about your life, well, I'm just dissatisfied. I'm dissatisfied with who I am and what I have. My friend, I believe the call of God today is for you to repent. To repent. God is calling you to turn. Would you stand with me today? To turn. Walk in a different direction. Do you realize that nobody else in the world except for the believer has the opportunity to enjoy life's good things. And to not not enjoy those things, I believe, is to neglect the opportunity and the gift. And when we do that, when we become so dissatisfied, I believe the call of God is to repent. God, search me. Search out those areas in my life that I just can't find any satisfaction. I don't know exactly where some of you are at this morning, but maybe you just feel dissatisfied with life. Maybe it's your job. Maybe work for you just doesn't cut it. And you're just disgruntled and dissatisfied. It could be anything. Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your relationships. 
maybe just maybe the common denominator in all this is you maybe it's just you and not the things maybe you are stuck under the sun and I believe the call on your life is to repent because if you're a true follower of Jesus my friend you have been gifted with the ability and the opportunity to enjoy life's good things and you have been gifted and enabled to enjoy who you are and what you have and if you want to live a life beyond the sun you first must locate the sun where am I in relationship to the gospel I am I launched beyond the sun or am I still under the sun We have to learn to repent, to find those areas in our life and in our mind where we are not content with who we are and what we have. And then lastly, we continue this process of enjoyment and satisfaction by faith. We live by faith. We trust God. You know why? He's the creator. And we are the creation. He is the creator. He has ordained our circumstances. And Psalms 103 says, He knoweth our frame and He remembereth that we are dust. Church, no doubt we could argue with God about the things that have happened to us under the sun. We could be upset, but we need to understand that to argue with God is to display distrust in His sovereignty. And the thing that is so significant for me in this text is that the entire book of Ecclesiastes says this, you can have it all. You can have it all under the sun. You can have billions. You can have your name plastered over every billboard and newspaper. You can have everything that life has to give you. But if you are stuck under the sun, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And Solomon says that about life under the sun. But then you flip over to the New Testament. You know what Paul says? Paul says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all. Do it all yes. to the glory of God. Church, when your life is beyond the sun, you know what happens? Small things become significant things. They begin to take on real meaning and real purpose. No matter what you do, if you're eating, if you're drinking, if you pour a glass of apple juice, I don't know what it is, you have the opportunity to reflect and give glory to the almighty creator of the universe. You can have a conversation on your way home from church day in the car that absolutely means something because your life is beyond the sun. Right. Yes. You can lay down in your bed tonight next to your spouse and it can mean something because your life is beyond the sun. You can have a conversation with your children today that means something that has purpose, that has value because your life is beyond the sun. Everything in life takes on meaning, takes on significance, 
takes on purpose if you are beyond the sun. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.